Welcome to a new episode of Livewire. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be looking at the Talmudine template. So this is one of a series of three live wires where we look at how to use the templates for mission, discipleship, and Bible study. And this one, of course, is for discipleship. So many years ago, I began to ask uh, certain questions. And one of them was, why do we put so much effort into educating people and hoping they go and experience it when Jesus took people on an experience and then educated them along the way. So that's what we're gonna be looking at how to do that today. The reason I came up with the template was because uh, when I saw people discipling others, it was mainly just educational based. They would take them out to a coffee shop, they would sit them down and talk to them. But you know, if I come off a stage speaking to 10,000 people and say the same thing to one person in a coffee shop, it doesn't automatically become discipleship. Discipleship is when you take people with you. So we're going to explore the template in this book, Talmudine, How to Disciple Anyone in Anything. Now, I'm not going to go through all the advice that that book gives. I'm just going to help you figure out how to use the actual template. In reality, if we obey Jesus, uh, we show our love to him. At least that's what he said. And he told us to go and make disciples. So in my mind, the best kind of worship I can give Jesus is to do what he said as best as I can do it. And this book will help you do the one thing he commanded us to do, which is to go and make disciples. It's one of the ways we show our love to him and to each other. So with that in mind, there are three things to do before you actually start on the template. Let me take you through them. Firstly, in advance, prepare the principles and practices you want to teach them. So when a rabbi taught a disciple, they often used questions, but they always knew where they were taking the disciple to, what truth, principle or practice. So you need to be thinking about that as well. Whatever subject it is you're training someone in, you want to know at least one of the main things you want to teach them. Secondly, the questions and guidelines are very specific, so do not use a variation of them. So you need to make sure you're prepared by having the worksheet in front of you and you use the questions that are on it. This is really important because you're not simply making a disciple, you're making a disciple who makes disciples. So as you're teaching them wherever it is you're training them in, you're also simultaneously teaching them how to disciple others. And the more you say the same phrase every time, the more they remember it. If you make variations of it, they'll forget it. Thirdly, please see and use the visual template. Again, using this template and these phrases will help you teach people how to disciple. And that's important to us. The more you vary the phrases, the more you don't use the visuals, the harder it will be for people to remember exactly how to do this. So repetition is important. It was really key to discipleship that people were repeating things constantly. We know that Jesus often told the same stories and probably the stories that are written down, the parables written in the Bible are the ones he probably repeated many, many times so his disciples learned them. So it's important. Repetition is really important to us. Okay, let's look at our first workshop. In this first workshop, I'd like you to choose a subject you would want to disciple someone in 
and create five or six teaching points about it, either principles or practices. So this goes back to the bit where you prepare in advance the teaching that you want to bring during this. So you're gonna lead them through an exercise, but in advance, you want to prepare the five or six things you definitely want to teach them about whatever the subject is that you're discipling them in. Now, um, what I do say is when you're thinking about what to disciple people in, I suggest for Talmudine Flow, for this template, you use very practical skill-based things, practical things that people do. If it's just spiritual principles, you may want to use Havarim and the Havarim template instead. So think of things that are practical you want to train someone in. Great, okay, so now you have uh, the idea and the subject and the principles that you're going to take someone through. So the first stage is to experience it. This is where you decide what experience you're gonna take your disciple on. So the first step is take your mentee or disciple on an experience. This was the first thing I had to put into the template because I realized that this is the thing that most people struggle with. Uh, a lot of leaders love to tell people what they should do, but the reality is we want to be tour guides, not travel agents. A travel agent says, here's a magazine, I've heard about this place, you should go. A tour guide says, I'm going, do you wanna come with me? Okay, so what do we mean by take your disciple on an experience? Well, another word for experience is example. Show them an example. The best way of doing that is for them to see you doing something. Sometimes showing them an example is, is just physically sharing something you've done, maybe on a video or something you've created. What it can't be is just telling them something you once did. They have to see it. They have to watch you do it or see an example of you doing it. Now, in the book again, there are three different ways or three different categories of examples. You can go and take a look at that some other time. But let me just say this, um, a typical example might be, if you're working on something together, what you don't want to do is literally do it together uh, immediately. So for instance, if I was taking a, uh, a disciple through how to problem solve, creative problem solving, I wouldn't say, here's a problem, let's just do it together, because we need a comparison of what I do and what they do. So I would say, here's a problem, I'm gonna to go to this room for 10 minutes and write out what I would do, you go to your room and figure out what you would do, we'll come back and we'll compare those ideas together. That gives contrast, and contrast is important. They need to see what they would do, they need to see what you would do, and they need to see the difference. So that's key. So let's look at the two main things we do in Experience It. After we've taken on experience, or while we're doing that, we ask them to write down the goal you have for the experience, and we also ask them to write down a list of what you did and what they did. So you'll say, we're going on an experience, um, this is the goal, this is our objective. Now that's really important that it's something that can be quantifiable. In other words, you need to be able to say, did we do it, yes or no? It can't be something like, did it go well? Because that's subjective. Some might say yes, some might say no. There needs to be some kind of target, a number maybe, or some kind of response that you're expecting. 
there needs to be a yes or no. So when you set a goal, there needs to be a, a, a possible way that someone can say yes or no. And it's not a problem if it doesn't work. It's not a problem if it's no. In fact, sometimes it's better, but we'll come on to that later. Uh, the, the second part is while they're doing the experience or very soon afterwards, they want to write down the list on the diagram, on the template of all the things they saw you do and all the things that they did. You want to suggest them in advance that they write down maybe 10 things for each person if they can do that. You don't want one or two things because that's going to hurt you when you come to the next stage. The more things they write down, the better. So you might want to give them examples. So for instance, if I was teaching someone public speaking, I would say, I want you to write down uh, things about my voice, the way I look, the way I use my hands, the way I talk to people, uh, the content, and do the same for the section that you do uh, as well. Because if I was teaching someone in public speaking, I would do it and I would get them to do sections of it with me. Hopefully that makes sense. So the first section is experience it. The second section is question it. So this is the section where we decide if what we just did worked based on the goal that we set. So let's look at the template. Ask your disciple to read out the goal and decide if it was met. So you literally do that. You ask them to read out the goal and you ask them, did it work or did it not work? Now, one of the, one of the things about our society right now is we don't really like to tell people they're failing or humiliate them and obviously we don't want to humiliate people but letting people know it didn't work and they failed is not a bad thing. In fact it will help them. Uh, again as you read the book you'll realize that one of the ways we learn we have to go through a stage where we realize what we don't know. We realize that we don't know how to do something well. If we're always told that we can accomplish everything and everything we do is fantastic will actually never really grow because we need to know when we need to improve. So there's nothing wrong with saying, no, it didn't work. You know, we wanted to, um, uh, we invited 100 people, our goal was 100 people, but we only got 50. It did not work. That's fine. The next step is this. Ask them to write down everything that was most effective in the left column and then ask them to write down everything that was less effective in the right column. So as you look at the uh, template, the visual, what you'll see is you've got two lists, of course, of things that they did and you did. What you're essentially asking them to do now is to take those things and put them in left, or the left or the right column. So look at the things you did, look at the things they did and decide which of those things were most effective. Now, some things just don't work at all and that would be in the right-hand column the less effective or they don't work at all would be in the right-hand column. The things that worked or worked best would be in the left-hand column. Okay, so what you're doing here is not creating new things that worked or didn't work. You're looking at the first quadrant where they've written down what you did and what they did and you're asking them to take those things and decide which column each one should be in. So it used to be what worked and what didn't work, but actually um, uses more gray area than that. Some things work well, some things work, but not so well. So they're taking those things and they're gonna decide which column, with your help, those things go into. So I've taken someone on um, a public speaking exercise, experience. They wrote down what I did and what they did. 
uh, our target maybe was to, I don't know, get, get five people to respond to the message somehow. And um, three did, so it didn't work. And we wanna find out what we think did work from this list and what didn't, they put them on the left and they put them on the right. So now they have two lists, the things that they think work the most and the things that they believe with your help didn't work so well. Then we move on to the next really important stage. Still part of question it, you help them find a principle by asking this question. What do the things in the left column have in common that are not present in the right column? The way you find a principle is by spotting a pattern. And this is a really important tool to teach disciples how to find a principle because now you're teaching them how to think, not just what to think. Now you're not just teaching them how to do this thing that they've just done, you're teaching them to do lots of other things because you're giving them a principle that works in many other areas. So what they're doing is looking at the column and think, okay, so what connects these things? Maybe not every single one of them, maybe there are, there are seven or eight things in the left-hand column, but there are three or four things that really worked and you can see a connection. You're not necessarily trying to find a pattern that connects all of them, just the main ones. And maybe that's something that's missing from the right-hand column. So they're seeing a principle here that's not here, some kind of pattern that's in this side, but isn't in this side, and they share that with you. And at this point, how they share that with you is fine. It might take them five or six minutes to share that, uh, that principle they see with you. If they're struggling to find one, that's no problem. You point it out to them. You may see a principle, you point it out. There may be lots of different principles, that's fine. You want them to, to find a principle. Any principle, as long as it's good, is fine. Uh, if, they, if they're struggling, if you're discipling someone and, and they're struggling to work out what a principle is, then you can show them. Don't forget, discipleship is about repetition. Do this a few times and eventually they'll be able to spot a pattern. Repetition is your friend. Just to help you, in the book, there's a whole section on how to ask questions. So I'd recommend you get that book because I think that will really, really help you figure out how to lead people through questions. It's very practical. Let's look at our next workshop. In this workshop, I'd like you to think through and anticipate what principle or practice you would most like them to discover based on the goal and the subject you're thinking of training them in. And then make a list of the kind of questions you might ask to help them discover this for themselves. Now, if you've got the Talmudine book with you, you want to be looking at the section uh, in the book that teaches questions, and that will give you some ideas of how to do that. If you don't have the book with you, that's fine. Just be thinking through, okay, what are the main principles? What's one main principle I want to teach someone about this particular subject that I'm preparing to disciple someone in, and what questions might I want to ask them in advance? Again, I think we sometimes get an impression that discipleship is just taking someone out, they ask us a few questions and we just respond. Good discipleship, the kind of honours Jesus, where it's well prepared and you put effort, you've already planned, you've already got some thoughts in place. So I'd like you to uh, work on this workshop, help each other out, and uh, that's if you're doing this in a group, and I'll come back to you with the next two sections in a moment.
Okay, now we're moving on to understand it. So they've been on an experience, they've figured out what works and what didn't work, and they've kind of got an idea of why, why things worked and why they didn't work. So there's an Arabic proverb I love, and it says to teach is to learn twice. And discipleship is, is about repetition, it's also about passing things on. So in this section, what you're helping them do is take that principle that's kind of maybe a little bit fuzzy in their mind, and create it in such a way that it will stick in their mind. And the best way of doing that is by helping them think how they would teach that to someone else. So the first part of this section goes like this. Ask them to create a diagram, soundbite or story to summarize their principle. Again, there are lots of examples of how to do this in the book. Um, but when they've got a principle, they could either do a little diagram if they're visual learners, or they could cr create a simple uh, just principle, uh, just one sentence that kind of summarizes like a sound bite, something that's easy to remember, or some kind of story that explains uh, their principle that they could remember, like a parable Jesus told. I'm sure that most of Jesus' parables he told countless times, and he just knew them off by heart. Um, in fact, again, in the book, there's a whole section on how to tell stories the way Jesus did. Uh, it's called Haggadah or Agada, And uh, there's a, a special twist to the way Jesus created stories. If you want to learn that, you'll see it in the book. So they could choose any one of those three. Not all three. They don't have to do all three. Just one of those threes. Uh, and what you might want to think about uh, over a period of time is mixing it up. If they're always... Every time you disciple them, they do one. Maybe you challenge them to try a different one, just stretch their thinking a little bit. So now they've been on experience, they've questioned it, they know why things worked and why they didn't work. Uh, they put it in a soundbite or a story. Let's move on to the next section because this is where the teaching comes in. Fill in the gaps in their understanding with the teaching prepared in advance. So at the beginning, you worked out maybe five things you want to teach. They've maybe come to the conclusion of one of them. Maybe they found a principle that you hadn't even thought about that's good. So you affirm it. You say, that's great. Now let me teach you five more things about this subject. So this is where the teaching comes in place. Um, so let's imagine I took someone on a public speaking or maybe taught them how to recruit people through public speaking. I take them on an experience. We set a goal to recruit five people to pays. We fail. We only, uh, we only recruit three. In the question it, we say we failed. We worked out what we did well, what we didn't do so well. They created a, a principle. They've got some kind of idea of explaining that to people. Um, so they found one principle, which I affirm. Now I'm going to teach them four or five other things about recruitment that they've not discovered yet. And I'll go through my teaching. So let me show you the teaching I might do on that particular subject. So you can see here maybe five or six different principles um, about recruitment. Maybe they've already discovered one or possibly two of them. I won't spend as much time on them. I'll teach them the other ones they've not understood as yet. So as you look through these notes, you'll see maybe five or six principles and practices I want to teach. They may have already discovered one or two of them. I'll have affirmed those ones that they've discovered. I won't really go into the details too much of those ones. I'll spend more time on the three or four they've not understood as yet or not discovered for themselves as yet. 
Just to note here, in all the templates, the three templates for Havarim, Talmudim, and Shalom, Mission, Discipleship, and Study, it's the third section in every one of them where we fill in the gaps in their understanding. So whether that's Havarim and we're looking at Bible study, it's in a section called Drash. Uh, whether that's Shalom and we're looking at Stay, uh, it's in that section. So uh, again here with Talmudim, it's in the third section where you're bringing your main teaching and you're filling in the gaps in their understanding. So now we move on to the fourth and final stage, which is multiply it. In this section, we're helping them think through what to do next. Again, it's really important to understand that discipleship doesn't actually finish with the disciple, the person you're discipling. It's one of the mistakes I often hear preached is discipleship is about helping people to be fully formed Christians who love Jesus. No, that's halfway. Discipleship's about helping people to be fully formed Christians who love Jesus and know how to pass that on. So that's what we're looking at this, is how do they multiply, how do they reproduce what you've just trained them in? So again, there are three little steps here and I want to take you through each one just so you understand them. The first one is this. Ask them, how will you go the first mile and reproduce what we just did? So their answer to that could simply be they just redo it, but they take on board the advice and the principles and they do it better. That's normally the answer that people are going to give. They're going to say to me, oh, I would like to now, I would like to now go and recruit. Uh, I would like to do one of these talks, but I'm going to learn this principle and these other practices you've just taught me. Great, fantastic. The second one is, Ask them, how will you go the extra mile and multiply it? So a great answer to this would be that they say to you, well, I'm actually going to go and teach other people. So I'm going to, for the first mile, I'm going to go and do this again better. But to multiply it, I'm going to take two people with me and I'm going to take them through the flow. So now there are three of us that have been trained in this. And that's essentially what discipleship is. I take you, show you, you do it better and you take other people with you and you show them. And uh, that's how we advance the kingdom of God. One of the ways we come into problems is when people miss the important things and just do the things they want to do. So what I do is I put something in now in the discipleship process now so I don't have to fix something later on. So I go this little extra step as you'll see in a moment to make sure I don't have to fix everything later on. So here we go. This is the, the third and final question. Ask them, how will you avoid the diverted mile so you do not miss the point? Now, when you're first discipling people, you need to explain what the diverted mile is to them. But after a while, they just know what that phrase means. So if you've not heard this phrase before, uh, let me explain. The first mile is when you... Um, when, when you do what you're supposed to do. The extra mile is where you go beyond what you have to do and you do something based just out of love to improve it. The diverted mile is where you ignore what you've been asked to do and you just do the thing you want to do. So I tell a story. Remember, you can have a parable. Uh, sorry, you can have a story. You can have a diagram uh, or you have a soundbite. I have all three for the diverted mile. My soundbite is the diverted mile. The diagram you can see on the worksheet, here's the little story I tell. 
So I talk about a father who has three sons and has some very important guests coming to stay. And he says to each son, uh, you're going to look after some of my guests. So I want you to lay out one of the tables in our house each. I want you to put a knife and a fork, a spoon and a plate down and care for my guests. The first son goes the first mile. He puts out the plates, he puts out the knives and the spoons and the forks. Great. The second son goes the extra mile. He does what the first son did and thought, you know, I really love my father. What could I do to really impress my father's guests and, and please my father? So he goes out and with his own money, he buys a candle. So there's a little centerpiece, something that looks nice to impress the guests. The third son goes the diverted mile. What he does is he's a bit bored putting out knives and plates and forks, but he's an artist. So he thinks it'd be really cool, really, really cool to maybe do a mural. I'll use my skills. I'm a bit bored of doing that. I like to, so I'll, I'll create a picture, a lovely painting for my father's guests. And then the VIP guests turn up. The first sit on the first table, they have a nice meal. The second sit on the second table, they have a nice meal and they comment this beautiful candle. Uh, the father clearly went to some, some uh, extra effort to do this. That's really nice. But the father is embarrassed by the third son because the third group of guests turn up. They see this lovely painting and the father says, well, thanks, son, for painting this painting. But how are my guests going to even eat? They can't do the basic thing I've asked you to do. In the Bible, you see the disciples and others often go in the diverted mile, ignoring what they should do and instead doing the thing they want to do. So asking them these questions now usually helps disciples avoid doing that in the first place so you don't going to have to fix it later on. So they're the three questions you want to ask. Let's look at our workshop. Okay, in this workshop, I'd like you to, in advance, think through how they might go the first mile if you're training them in whatever you're training them to do. In advance, think through how they might go the extra mile and in advance, think through how they might avoid the diverted mile. So basically, I'm asking you to think, if you're training somebody and then you're sending them out, what would be the first mile? It's probably going to be them do it, but do it better. So how would they improve it, do you think? Secondly, what would they perhaps do as an extra mile? What ideas might they come up with as extra miles? So if they don't come up with that idea, you can give it to them or lead them to it through questions. And thirdly, in your mind, you've got to think through what could be a diverted mile, something they, where they kind of miss the points. You know, so for instance, uh, with my exercise, they may learn the public speaking skills, but then actually not use it to recruit anybody, just use it to preach because they like preaching. So in advance, thinking through those things will help you help them because you're taking them somewhere you already know where you're going with them. You're a tour guide, you're not a travel agent. Final thought, as we just look at um, the book again, uh, just as you look at, uh, again, the picture of the book, I want you to understand that uh, in the book, we talk about Kavanagh, this idea of not just doing something out of duty's sake, but doing it with an awareness of the presence of God and the purpose of God. I would really encourage you to read that section because it will really help you in the multiply it section. Think through how you get your disciples to really capture the heart of God behind what you're training them in.
Okay, that was a way of just helping you understand the template. I often reference the book because if you want to disciple people well, you need to study discipleship. Uh, this template is just something to give you the practical steps. Hopefully you've understood that. Hopefully you've began to think through a flow for yourself. And uh, next time, maybe you'll be looking at one of the other templates, um, teaching people how to think, not just what to think.